Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the View from the Nest podcast, where we talk about all things Index Corp and crypto in general. I'm AG, a community contributor to the Corp. And as always, I'm joined here by Paul, who is the author of our weekly newsletter and does a lot of things around the coop. So uh, how are you doing, Paul? What's, what's happening this week? Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks for the intro again, AG. Um, quite excited on the index co-op side of things as we finally got that coveted first uh, centralized exchange listing with Bitmart, who I believe are from Vietnam. So DPI started trading uh, in the last week on, on a centralized exchange, which is great news. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully more listings to come soon. I think that's uh, something that the community has been working really hard towards and we'll we'll make dpi available to sort of a much broader audience hopefully and and let you know, people outside of the traditional DeFi ecosystem get exposure to some of the trends that that we are seeing and that we think are going to be huge in the years to come do you know what i've just thought as well ag every single week you ask me how i'm doing and that's very kind of you so this week i'd like to know how you're doing <laughs> maybe you should do the intro next time <laughs> yeah i can just just to make uh, sure that you're you're feeling all right <laughs> yes yes absolutely doing uh i'm doing good thanks for thanks for that very kind of you what's uh what's the next item on um on the weekly newsletter this week yeah the next one's another uh another milestone really we pushed out the first financial report from the index co-op quite proud of that because it was not really a working group, but uh, uh, not an official working group, but a, a group of community contributors kind of pulled together and spearheaded by um, Matthew Graham, pulled together all of the data, all of the inflows and outflows across a number of wallets to do with our treasury and our multi-sig and our like, community rewards distribution and all of that good stuff. And Matthew pulled it into a really nice one-pager and put together a series of tweets to kind of put that out into the public eye. And then he typed up a bit more of a long form report, which we put out on our Substack as well. So the same place that anybody who's listening can find it. Um, it appears in the same place as the newsletter and this podcast, if you want to go and take a look. And yeah, it was, it was just a great combination of like seeing the, the community rally around something exciting like that, coming together, getting the work done, pushing it out there, and now being able to use that data for our own good to like look look at how we're spending, how we can make improvements, tying it into discussions around liquidity mining, for example, um, and then like how we reward our, our community with our index token. So it's it's valuable and it was received really well. Um, and just sort of pleased to see that. Some of the highlights, uh, if we look at income generated from DPI, so we're looking at $70,000 worth in February alone. And the income is growing at close to 100% month on month. We also took a look particularly at DPI and its performance against its competitors. So we looked at um, trading volume and annualized fees. And again, it showed that DPI is a bit of a runaway success, really. There's, you can kind of group our competitors into small, medium and, and large cap. So we're, we're at a large cap, over 100 million AUM. Then we've got uh, indexed finance with their DeFi five and their crypto 10 products um, they charge quite high fees because they're using a balance of pool setup but they don't see like anywhere near as 
much trading volume and they don't have as much AUM as we do. And then you've got the power pools and uh, the pie DAOs down in sort of the, the bottom left of the chart that we threw up where they're still growing their AUM, but they're, they're a lot smaller than we are. So it kind of put everything into perspective, showed the insane levels of growth that we've had for the last few months. And hopefully we can use that momentum uh, on, the, on the forthcoming products. You realize that you just referred to treasury report as an exciting thing. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I, I think that that sort of says something about you, Paul that fresh <laughs> reports uh, excite you. But uh, definitely there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of interesting insights and, and Matthew, our resident Aussie and, and uh, other community members uh, did a great job on, on pulling that together and, and the graphics as well. Um, maybe you could uh, give us a quick background on kind of why we wanted to do this. Uh, I believe you you sort of kicked this off um, a month ago. So Yeah, definitely. So initially, um, when I was nominated for the Treasury Committee, one of the ideas that I had in my mind was to like improve our Treasury transparency. At the time, a couple of people had been asking, how much do we have on our Treasury? Uh, what's the level of like, income from streaming fees on DPI? And these questions had popped up all over like the social channels or in the forum, for example. And so I thought there's one thing that we can do straight away there and that's start reporting out on our treasury like goings on. So that's what we've done with this sort of one-off push it out there report. But the other thing that's kicked off, it's taking a little bit longer to ramp up because the guys are kind of working on other things, but is getting out a dashboard to automate this process as well going forward. So like I say, Matthew's done a great job. Uh, I should call him Matt, really, otherwise he'll tell me off. And he's done a great job of pulling this all together for that one off. And, and it was, you know, a big effort. But now he's going to start working with the likes of uh, JD and Thomas from within the community to get this stuff on June. So anybody can go and take a look at it at any point and you can get real-time financial data. So that's useful externally. And, and it sort of ticks the box on the transparency side of things. Then it gives us a great deal of useful information because at any point, if we're in a meeting or you know, you're chatting with someone or whatever it may be within the index co-op, you can go and refer to this treasury dashboard and go and see where things stand. You know, we'll have charts on there for income, expenditure, um, like balances at specific points in time. You can compare the income from one product to another. There'll be all sorts of useful information in there. So yeah, it, it all stemmed really from me trying to sort of open things up and, and make everything easier to understand for everybody. And it's just snowballed from there, really. Yeah, it's, it's rather fascinating to me uh, how, not the Treasury report itself, I mean, it's, it's interesting, but it's not fascinating. But <laughs> what's fascinating <laughs> to me um, is this movement, right, in DeFi towards live reporting of financials. Um, where in traditional finance, equities or whatnot, you get quarterly reporting and that's the only time you actually get to see the financials of, of a company. And what we see in, in, in DeFi is teams are basically putting up these, these dashboards that allow anyone to go and see the financials at any time they want. That's really fascinating to me. And then the availability of on-chain data makes it possible, right? And that sort of 
nicely transitions into the next section of the newsletter uh, that you titled More Data. You, you want to tell us about that one? Uh, yeah, I can hear you getting a little bit excited there, AG. I'm sure that I'll have you convinced that Treasury stuff is is actually an exciting thing to get involved with. On the more data, data as it's pronounced in Great Britain. Yeah, this was all about uh, somebody who jumped into our community and helped out the guys that I was mentioning earlier, JD and Thomas, with um, some stuff on June. And, and his name's Zero X Boxer. And he actually works for June, as far as I understand. So he was pulling together a load of information and he's created this one huge dashboard for all of the index products within crypto. So you've got the likes of PowerPool, PyDAO, Indexed, Index Co-op, all in one place. So you can see how we're doing against everybody else in terms of AUM, how each individual project is doing against one another. There's all sorts of great info on there. Just goes to what you were saying, that like this stuff is just going to become more and more prevalent. And for an investor, it's, it's a wet dream, basically, because you can just go and make your decisions like completely data-driven without having to wait for stuff to come around and knowing that the report will be sort of manufactured or adopted in a certain way to make things seem different to how they are. I mean, the way that obviously the TradFi world works, everybody's waiting in the wings on the, the latest Amazon report or whatever it may be, like earnings report, and then the stock will jump or sell off on, on that result. But here in DeFi, people can go and check this at any point and go and you know inform their decisions. So, yeah, I, I promise you it is exciting. <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah, maybe you'll, uh, you'll slowly, slowly convert me over to the treasury reporting side of things. Um, I, yeah, I listened to a podcast recently, um, the, Unco- the most recent Uncommon Core podcast where they were talking to um, an Aussie uh, investor in, um, in DeFi and, and crypto. And uh, he basically was talking about how it's it's getting like it's actually quite a bit easier to get people to invest in um, DeFi than platforms, right? Like like Ethereum or Bitcoin, because for traditional investors, it's much easier to wrap their head around DeFi projects because they have cash flow, and so it's it's much easier to value on traditional financial metrics. And my I guess my view is when they see the transparency of data and, and ability to basically take information on almost a minute by minute basis and incorporate it into your models, that should give them a lot of confidence around investing in, in DeFi projects, for example. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it's going to be exciting to see how that plays out. Um, I mean, for the more casual investor, you're still free to go and ape into some unaudited contract as soon as it goes live on Uniswap. But yeah, for for those porting over from the real world, I think it's uh, it makes a lot of sense for them to look at it that way. I like the way that you cheekily got in there that you listen to Uncommon Core as well. I think that's a way of letting everybody know that you're quite a highbrow DeFi DeFi guy, basically. <laughs> uh, that it wasn't wasn't meant that way. Uh, <laughs> it was not it was not my intention. But, um, I guess we had a, a bunch of index improvement proposals or IAPs put on the forum and uh, we can we can sort of start with the smart treasury which is something you've worked on for I, I don't know 
uh, how long now? Uh, it's the, it seems like it's been in the works for a while, and there's uh, finally a formal proposal that I believe should go to the vote pretty soon. Can you just give us the, the latest update on that? Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's come to fruition now, which is great. I've been working with um, a dev called Alpha Guy in the community recently. Uh, he's been taking me through setting something up on Covan, I think it is, where you can run through deploying this pool on a test net just to see how it works and <clears throat> excuse me, how to configure it. And yeah, it's good to see it finally sort of it will go to vote soon. We'll figure out if I've done a good enough job of explaining it. It does come as part of a package, I think, with some some other updates that will be coming out over the next few weeks that I know yourself and obviously we've mentioned uh, Matt already. Like there's, there's a number of people within the community who are looking at ways that we tie together our contributor awards, our liquidity mining, you know, our treasury management, all of these things into one. So I'm trying to pull together a more high-level document that talks about where we are today, how does the smart treasury fit into that, how might we incentivize our KPIs going forward um, lots of lots of little sort of patchwork solutions that add up to to get us where we are to where we want to go and having like a robust treasury setup throughout like all market conditions over the next couple of years so it's a big and complex task but um, yeah it's just a case of trying to make sure the community like we bring the community along with that discussion and and make sure that everybody understands why we're doing these different things at each stage. So the smart treasury, like I say, it does only for, form one small part of, of all of this, really. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the treasury strategy is is a relatively complex undertaking, and it's uh, it's great to see quite a few members of the community pulling in and, and just, just working on it. So that's great to see. Yeah, so next up, we had uh, IIP17, which is token terminal back with a reworked version of uh, their original proposal. And did you want to take us through that? I know that you you jumped in there with a couple of comments when they those guys came back onto the forum. Yeah, yeah, I think I I sort of jumped in initially when when the proposal when the initial proposal was was put forward and um if I were to sort of represent the community's biggest concern about this product is it would be the cannibalization of uh, DPI because it, it is a DeFi product weighted by a price to sales ratio. So it's it's a bit more fundamental product. Obviously, Token Terminal uses a, a different methodology. It should deviate over time in terms of the index inclusion, like the token inclusion in the index, uh, as well as weights. So it's interesting, right? Because if you think about price to sales uh, versus uh, market cap weighted, right? Like in price to sales, the sales really don't change dramatically from months to months. What changes is the price, right? So if the price of a token rises, its price to sales ratio rises as well, which means that it will get trimmed in the token terminal index. But in DPI, as a market cap weighted index, as the price increases the market cap increases and so the weight of the token increases as well so i think that and and if we look at uh, the back testing for example for the token terminal index versus dpi you see that performance does uh diverge a fair amount so i think it's it's still a concern but i i sort of got quite comfortable 
around it. And uh, another concern initially was the rebalancing process uh, because they had quite significant jumps in weights months to months. And if the fund got quite large, it would be really challenging to accommodate those 10% jumps in, in weights. And so Token Terminal sort of tweaked their methodology a little bit to, to address that, kind of limiting the rebalances to, to 5%. So I, you know, I think it's going to go up for, uh, for decision gate one pretty soon. And, uh, we'll, we'll see what uh, the sentiment is from, from the community. Yeah. So a little bit of pain there really for token terminal being the first, um, the first of this kind of index through the process and, and working out the kinks, uh, on that one, but it's, it's going to be useful if we come across this issue again going forward um, to have already like worked through it and understood it and it's good to see them like keep at it and, and come back with with something that's now ready to go so yeah i'm, I'm excited for that to go live and see what everybody else's thoughts are on it the third of the iops that went live this week um, was iip 18 for liquidity mining on the fly and that's something else that you've been quite heavily involved in, right, AG? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of discussion in the community on liquidity mining in, in general, uh, not just for, uh, for the Fly product, but also for, uh, for DPI and whether we should be extending liquidity mining on Uni, introducing liquidity mining on Sushi, what should we do is uh, loopering liquidity mining, uh, should we incentivize order book liquidity on, on Loopring or just the DEX? So there, there's been a lot of conversations over the last several weeks on this. And we have sort of got into some of those conversations again with Fly. And where I think we're going, going with it is basically trying to jump on the call and align ourselves on our vision for liquidity mining strategy more broadly so that we have like a common understanding of how we look at liquidity mining, what are we trying to achieve and, and what are some of the metrics by which we can measure success of liquidity mining incentives across our products. So that's, that's a bit of a bigger strategy, bigger projects that, that we're going to try to, uh, to tackle. And I think with, with Fly uh, specifically, there are a couple of parameters that we'll sort of have to discuss and, and figure out. But I think, you know, as, as with most things, uh, we, we will get there in the end. Yeah, just another one of those cases where at Index Cart, we don't like to take on simple problems. It all seems to be horrendously complicated. But I think that's just part and parcel of being in a DAO and in a fast moving space and working, you know, with financial primitives as well. It's all, it's all brand new for everybody. But uh, it's great to be a part of it. Um, I can't complain. I think at this point we should move swiftly on to what I'm going to make up on the spot and call "Show me your bags." Um, where normally we end up just talking <laughs> about random stuff in crypto, but I'd really like to hear what you're looking at at the moment and if you've re recently purchased anything. Uh, obviously, preface this by saying none of this is financial advice. It's just two guys having a chat. Well, I like that one. I, I like that you you squeezed that in. And, and uh, brought it up. I think uh, it's a it's an important caveat. 
so no, I haven't actually bought anything recently, and uh, I'm I'm trying to be conservative. Like there is there's so many things that are coming up that the urge to FOMO, the urge to open to something is really strong. But I still believe that in in this market it should be enough to hold Bitcoin, ETH, DPI, and a, a couple of smaller bets if if you like to gamble on on something. So that's that's my take. I'm I got nothing to show. And uh, I'll hand the mic over to you because I think you might. <laughs> that wasn't the intention of this section of the podcast, but yeah, I'll, I'll run with it. Um, I like the, the simple take there. Obviously, Bitcoin, Ethereum and DPI forms the bed. Bankless obviously like it. They've been in the forum pushing for a, a index related to it. So um, yeah, I think that's a good approach and then have a, a little bit set aside for chasing the latest and greatest or the, the next shiny thing. For me, I have been looking at M-Stable again. Now, I was in at the start. I did a load of farming, jumping around their different like reward pools. And then the token pumped and I jumped out just over $10, I think, or $9, somewhere around there. And I was like, I don't want to be in this because MTA, the, the token, is a risk backstop so why would anyone want to hold it unless you were getting incentives out the arse basically so and and obviously it dumped after DeFi summer hasn't really recovered much the one thing throughout all of this is the team is like super switched on and really smart and they come from australia as well which i know matt will like but there seems to be this like high caliber of teams like synthetics are from australia as well i know there's a number of others that i can't remember off the top of my head but these guys, like, they've got a good track record. And uh, I really like the way that they've sort of addressed the issues so far. They've, they've got these awesome save products, like the MUSD save product, consistently one of the highest stablecoin products with no risk of impermanent loss, like no extra um, contract risk there. It's all just done within MStable. And then what else have they got? They've got the MBTC product that they've just launched as well, which seems to be like doing around 40% after it just launched. So I think they've got these fantastic products and now they're starting to address the um, tokenomics. So they've got a proposal coming up for a buyback and make model, which might ring a bell because that formed the basis of going to a smart treasury for us in index co-op. So I just wouldn't bet against these guys. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to fight the massive inflation schedule that they've still got to run through with MTA. And maybe the market finds a price for it lower than where it currently is. But I just think it's going to go from strength to strength. And it's one of those projects that is not obviously going to be a bridge between DeFi and TradFi, but I think that could very well end up being something that's like offered in the back end of certain retail bank apps, like as, as the place to put your USDC or your Bitcoin to generate yield. So um, yeah, I'm looking at it again. I'm interested by it. I think the team is strong uh, and I think there's potential in the future for integrations into the real world. So yeah, that's where I'm at with that. That's, uh, that's interesting. Thanks for, thanks for bringing it up. I think uh, not many people actually look at M-Stable and, and MTA. Like I haven't Person other than you, I haven't heard anyone talk about it. So it's great to to sort of bring it up and highlight the project that that you think is is rather strong. So I think this sort of concludes our our regular 
scheduled programming here on The View from the Nest. And uh, we'll move on to our interview with Matt at Loopring, where we talk a little bit about L2 and uh, DPI on L2 and, and kind of Matt's thoughts on adoption and scalability on Ethereum. So stay tuned for that conversation.